0: Hello everyone. Once a month with leaders and staff of Alive, we are starting the day with chapel. This is our opportunity to worship together, pray together, and have communion with one another before we begin our day. Chapels are usually Christian places of prayer and worship that provide a small place within a church. We want you to know that we are honoured to serve alive and take our responsibility very seriously. One of our partnership hopes is that every one of us will highly value and be involved in prayer. Each morning as staff, we usually begin together with prayer. Our aim in this series is to up the levels of faith and expectancy in order that prayer becomes the heartbeat our church. Have a great,
1: great day. Well, good morning, good morning. Please take your seats. Oh no, you're seated already. How are we? Good morning, everybody. Welcome to a live church. If you're here for the first time, a very, very warm welcome. Hopefully you've enjoyed being with us. And if you're here every week, I'm throwing you a high five. Can I have one back, please? Get your notebooks out. Uh, It's really good to see you. So, uh Paul, can I just have a tiny bit more on the mic, please? That'd be wonderful. Thank you. Well, uh, for for those who are uh, here for the first time, we've been doing a series uh, over the last five weeks, which is called our All In Partnership Series. And it is the final week today where we are talking about We Are Prayers. We have five partnership values as a live church here, and they are attending. we wanting people to attend, get along to everything that we do. We are connecting with connect groups, and we are giving into the life of the church with people who serve, and I love it, serving into all our community projects, serving here on a Sunday morning. And then finally, we are people who pray. Who believes in the power of prayer? Good, we're in the right place. Shake the person next to you and say, we believe in the power of prayer. We do believe it. So I was watching my documentaries. I know know you like uh, uh, the David Attenborough documentaries. And I saw a recent one that was talking about lions who tack gazelles. Does anyone like it? They are a bit brutal sometimes, aren't they? And as I was looking at this pack mentality, what I was finding out, the ones that always get attacked are the ones in the pack who are on the outside. It's always the way that the lion looks and he's prowling around and he's saying, right, what one can I kill? What one can I have? And it's always the one on the edges. Our heart behind this series is that, guys, you are not in the edge. That you are all in. Life and soul as part of this community church. We love it. That's where we want to be. There's safety in it. There's protection in it. But as you get involved and you're all in in this series, I believe that there is great sense of community that you will find as people who are together. I believe that people who are planted in the house of God will flourish. I say it every week, but I believe that is is my testimony. As I've been planted in this house, in this church, I believe that my life is flourishing as a result of it. You see, the enemy is out there to steal, kill, and destroy. You know this stuff's real, don't you? You know it is, don't you? You know that the enemy comes to attack. He comes to rob you of your potential and your purpose in God. And he's like watching from the outside. And he's like always saying, right, who can I take down? Well, I believe as you are planted in this house, that is a place to flourish. That is a place of safety and protection that the enemy can't just come and steal and kill and destroy. I've seen it so many times in my youth ministry. Someone would come in, we'd connect with someone, and they would be all in for God. They would come along for six weeks, and they'd be loving it. They'd be hearing God's voice. They'd be praying. They'd be at everything. And then over the, over the months, something would change in their heart. And they wouldn't be as plugged in. They wouldn't be in that pack mentality. And unfortunately, that's what sometimes happens. And the enemy comes and says, oh, was it real what God said to you? And people get taken away. Well, we want you guys to be all in. We want you to be in the heart and soul of everything that God is doing, wants to do in your life. You see, this series has been about what God has for you. Partnership is about what God has for you. And it's not what he wants from you. Please don't have this perception that God is going, give me, give me, give me. What can you have? No, he's about what is for you. And I believe as you're planted in this house, he's talking to you about what he's got for you. God God calls us to live this wonderful adventure out together in community, spurring each other on to pursue his kingdom, vigorously calling out the gold and best in each other. I love what is happening in this house. Just imagine for a minute, what would church look like? What would this community look like if we all got behind each other and we encouraged and we saw the best in people and we championed people and we said, you can go for it in God. Can we have an amen in this house? What would it look like? What would it look like to this community who maybe are in their workplaces and never get a word of encouragement? I want to be opposite to that. I want to see what God is doing in people's lives and affirm it and speak well and say, come on, you can keep doing it for God. Can we have an amen in the house? That's what I want to be part of. That is being all in. It's saying that I'm actually going to step out and I'm going to help someone. I'm going to serve someone. I'm going to be bold and courageous and actually say, I'm going to pray for you this week and actually do it. (laughs) Don't want to be people who are like that. It is all in. And I love what God is doing in this house. I love next week we've got five baptisms. Come on. People are discovering Jesus Christ in this house. Should I tell you, since we've started over here, we have had 82 first-time decisions on a Sunday morning. Come on, people, in five and a half years. And I'm believing for God to do so much more. He's only, I feel like we've only just started. Does anyone else feel like that? Five and a half years, it's our six-year birthday in January, and I feel like it's just started. But God is on the move. So I wanted to give you a bit of an update as we've looked at these five all-in partnerships, attending, connect groups, giving, serving, and praying. Do you know our Sunday gatherings here, we are averaging 187 people in the morning, every week coming and investing their time and their energy in God. Come on, that's great stuff, isn't it? That's an average, 187. In our evening service, we've got an average of 100 people gathering in the presence of God. Come on, this is great stuff, isn't it? Oh, just me then, is it? This year alone, in 2019, we've had 125 new people join us on a Sunday morning. Come on, that's gold that we're dropping in. You know, when you speak truth and you speak gospel and you speak the hope of Jesus Christ, it never comes back void. They might walk out thinking, what was that all about? But they're going to know that God is working in their lives. When we pray for someone, it's not empty words. When we pray with passion and power, we transform and we change someone's destiny. Angela's saying amen because she loves it and she lives this stuff. But that's what we've got to believe. Our database, by the grace of God, to grow up to over 350 people who call this place home. We have 23 connect groups with 175 people connected into connect groups. Isn't that good? Doing life together, doing family together, serving. Do you know there's 152 people in this house who serve? Come on. I feel like a Mexican wave should be going on. I love these celebration stories. 41% of us tithe into this house. I like it to creep up a bit, everybody, so we can do more stuff in the community. But thank you for giving into the life of this house. We are seeing loads of things, and we want you to be all in in every area. And do you know that everybody is a prayer? This is not just for the professionals. This is not just for the super spiritual here from God. Everybody is called to connect and pray with God the Father because he loves your voice. You know, you know, I love it when I'm away and, and you know I come back from work or whatever and Hudson and Smith, they're waiting at the door for me. And I come in and walk into the door and they're, Daddy! Yes, it might only last 10 seconds, but you know, like that 10 seconds is beautiful for me. And that's what your Heavenly Father's like. He's he's, he's at the door waiting for you, saying, come in, come in, come in. I want to be in relationship with you. God is so passionate about you, not just your neighbor, but passionate about you. He wants to be in relationship with you. That's how he's designed us. He wants to speak his life into you. He wants you to listen to his voice because he's good and he's for you. I love it. We've got 53 people on our prayer email. Well, I'd love by the end of this service for everyone to sign up. Angela sends out prayer requests to over 50 people and we know that they're praying. So if you've got an emergency in your life, you say, I've got a job interview or whatever's going on. We know, you know that people are praying in this house for you because prayer transforms things. I believe it. I've seen it so many times. And uh, every month we have our Revive gathering where we see between 25 and 40 gather to pray for our church. God is good, isn't he? Can we have a fabulouia in the house? Today we're looking at our final, ship, uh, final partnership value. We are prayers. Our desire, my desire is that you have a brilliant prayer life and connection to God. Like all great relationship, communication is key. As Joe's already beautifully said it, listening to God's voice. You see, prayer is not just bringing your requests, it's opening your heart up, and I say even all your senses, to hear God's voice in your life and for the community. Listening to God's voice is key. Knowing that he is with you in all seasons is key. You see, sometimes if I just talk at, talk at someone but don't actually open my ears, that's not a great healthy relationship. Sometimes Joe wishes that I would just shut up and go out and do something and act upon God's voice. <laughs> not all the time, <laughs> Sometimes we need to be listening, we need to be connecting, we need, always need to be connecting because he is always open to our requests. Psalm 100 speaks about giving your thanksgiving to God. Come with the password, thank you. I believe in your individual prayer life, God is saying, come with the word thank you. We always start off by saying thank you for who he is, thank you for what he's doing, and then we bring our prayer request to God. I would encourage you to turn around that. Attitude shape, uh, gratitude shapes your attitude. And I believe that we should be people in our prayer life who are saying, thank you, God, for what we're doing. If you can't think of things to thank God for, just look around at the beautiful creation, at your friends, at your life, and say thank you to God that he is alive. You see, there's two types of prayer, prayer, prayer life, as we all know. Individual prayer life. Sometimes it's locking the door, isn't it? And getting on your knees. Has anyone been in a situation like that? You've needed needed a breakthrough in your life, and you've gone, I'm praying, I'm praying. Sometimes locking the door, like Jesus says, on your own, so you're not putting on a show, but you're just there with your heavenly Father, locking the door and saying, God, I need you to break through in this life. I remember when I prayed for my wonderful wife. It It was years and years and months and months of praying on my knees. I wanted a partner to do this thing called Kingdom With. It was me getting down on my knees and saying, God, God, please provide me, provide me. Provide me. And look what he sent me an absolutely amazing, beautiful woman. I'm so proud of Joe. The gathering this weekend, over 300 ladies are coming. Come on, people. If you know Joe's hearts on it, it's to empower women to live their best life for God, to gather people. And as they gather together, hear the power and presence of God, then they go out and scatter out and do the business that we're called to do. I want to honour you, Joe. I'm believing that this weekend is going to be fantastic. I'm behind you. All us blokes, we're all behind them, aren't we? As the women gather together. If you haven't booked in, it's not too late. Get yourself booked in. I'm believing for an incredible time this weekend. And I love what you're doing. I'm so proud of you. And You're looking fantastic as well. Yeah, <laughs> carry on. She likes a little bit, but not that much. <laughs> and then the second bit, we've got the individual prayer. Sometimes where you have to kind of like uh, individual prayer. Sometimes you're locking your door. Sometimes maybe if you've got 10 minutes break at work you can lock the door get a cup of tea and read a bit of the word in your life maybe it's when you're traveling traveling to uh, work you're putting on some worship music and you're connecting with God it's all about connecting that is what prayer is about it's connecting with your living father who's saying I'm open sometimes it might be prayer walks I love a prayer walk I love it getting out into the country and if, I, I've, I've, if I'm in dream season sometimes I say God I need to dream I need to to go for it again. I need to go for it. I need to hear your voice. For me, a prayer walk is a great time to do that. Get some time in your diary. So there's the individual prayer. And then secondly today, and if you are, if you are struggling with prayer, because I know there can be seasons where you feel like God's sitting right there and prayer's really natural. It's like talking to a friend as if they're there in reverence. And then if you are in a season where you're thinking, oh, it, it doesn't seem to flow, I would encourage you, like Jesus taught us, pray the Lord's Prayer. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Sometimes I wake up and just pray the Lord's Prayer. That's what Jesus taught us to do. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Well, that's praising, isn't it? You're putting him in his rightful place for what he wants to do. If you're struggling in your prayer life and you feel a bit dry in this season, you don't quite know what to say. You're not feeling like you're connected with God. I want to encourage you, firstly, get some time to do it. And secondly, pray the Lord's Prayer. Put some worship music on. Try and connect. Have space and have time to connect with him. And then the second thing, this is what we're talking about today, is corporate prayer life. Corporate prayer life is when we join together as a, as a family, as a church, and we pray and we see miracles happen. See, some things you can't always break down when you're praying on your own. But where two or three are gathered, their God is in the midst. And we need some agreement. And sometimes you need a mate to come alongside you and say, you can go for it. I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to see things changing in your life. You see, corporate prayer, I believe, is about us all having a heart to connect with God for something that is bigger than ourselves. If we only pray and focus on ourselves, I believe that is not the richness and fullness that you're going to get with your prayer life. But if you pray as a church for God's kingdom to come in, for him to do what only he can do, for dreams, as corporately, I believe that you see great things. You'll know at the moment we need to be corporately praying for a new building, a new venue. That's not going to happen just by me and Angela praying on our knees, although that is an element of it. It's when we all say, we're all in. We're praying. We need to be directive. We need to be praying for this uh, uh, this church to grow, to be full of life, to continue to thrive, for all of us to take responsibility. You see, in Acts 12, which is what we're looking at, um, our favorite verse is Acts 12, verse 5. And if you know this story, um, Acts 12 is all about seeing the most wonderful and powerful miracles in the book. A great summary verse for this whole pa- passage is Acts 12, verse 5. And it's where Peter was in prison. It said, so Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. You can put that abbreviation as, but the church prayed. And you know the story. We're going to read it. As Peter is in prison, then what happens? The church pray, and he gets released. And he goes and joins their prayer meeting. see, Peter was on death row in maximum security prison. Imagine it. I think we kind of think of it as a bit of a fairy tale. No, this stuff happened. I believe in the Word of God. Peter was the death row maximum security prison, but the church prayed. Then we see an angel break break through. Peter came out with incredible supernatural power, and he is able to go to the prayer meeting and explain everything that happened. This is a wonderful example lesson for us all this morning on the power of life transforming reality of a praying church. I believe that Peter was released out of prison because there was a church that prayed. I want to be part of a church that prays. That's my simple message. If you're not taking anything away, Acts 12, verse 5, but the church prayed. I believe that God is saying, can we step it up a bit? Can we step it up a bit? God's not one who drives us and demands on us, but I believe that I want a, pa- a passion and a hunger in my own life to see church praying for more radical things. We're only called to this life one time, and I want to make the most of it. And I believe that as a church praise, we will see great things happen. So we're going to look at our passage today. And uh, that'd be wonderful. Joe. would you mind coming up and reading this? Is that all right? It's quite long. Okay.
2: Okay. So, it was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him... Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. The mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed she ran back without (laughs) without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. I love that. She was so excited she didn't even open the door. (laughs) He's just left out there. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said, and then he left for another place last one in the morning there was no small commotion among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter after Herod had a thorough search made for him and did not find him he cross-examined the guards and ordered that they be executed then Herod went from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there he had been quarreling with the people of Tyre and Sidon they now joined together and sought an audience with him one more. Last one. After securing... Hey, never comes back forward, does it? Reading the word of God, God, it's doing something. After securing the support of Blastus, a trusted personal servant of the king, they asked for peace because they depended on the king's country for their food supply. On the appointed day, Herod, wearing his royal robes, sat on the throne and delivered a public address to the people. They shouted, This is the voice of a god, not of a man. Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. Happy ending. But the word of God continued to spread and flourish. (laughs) Hooray.
1: Thank you, (laughs) Joe. Just kind of like think about that story. Right, think about that story. There's worms, there's death in it, there's angels, there's open in it. I loved it when Peter, so Peter's in prison and he walks out, he gets out, an angel commands him to walk out. Guys, this stuff happened. I believe this stuff happened. I believe the word of the God God, that happened. And imagine, they're at a prayer meeting. So imagine we're at Revive going, God, please provide miraculously for our building. And the banker comes on the door. Knock, 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 knock. A briefcase is in his hand. But we're earnestly praying for God's provision. We open the briefcase and there's money in it. Or even better, there's a key for a warehouse in it. Can we believe this stuff happens? I do. I live my life like this. Wow, just think about it. Don't think about the worms too much. That's pretty crazy, isn't it? That is I love it. Often when death is in the Bible, they'll say, yeah, he died, and then the next thing happened. <laughs> Herod died, and then the Word flourished, and the, the community of believers grown. I Love that. Moses is dead. Go for it, Joshua. <laughs> we honor Moses, of course. Anyway, I digress over there. I want us to simply look at five characteristics from this story of what it is a praying church is. To inspire us and give us faith that we can be that powerful praying church too. I thought I'd get an amen for that. I like that. I wrote that myself. Okay. Point number one. Be with me, people. Point number one. Prayers endure. A praying church still endures the battle of life and suffering of living in a broken world. When we pray, we've got to recognize that our prayers endure, that we are living in a broken world. The whole of Judea at the time was in the midst of severe famine. The whole area, including Jerusalem, was suffering an economic crash. So these Christians were under huge social and economic pressure. In addition to this, the church was suffering horrendous persecution from the Roman authorities. That's not like someone's calling me a smelly Christian at school. This is like extreme persecution, okay? A praying church is not immune to experience the brokenness of this world and the battles against the evil one. But a praying church endures. Guys, whatever you're going through, whatever persecution, whatever's going on in your heart, I want to encourage you to be people who endure, who are in it for the long haul, who will keep praying, keep knocking on the door, keep enduring. As you know, this court case that I've been going through now for three years, and it's been a, a bit of a pressure. But I want to thank God that this, the, uh, in the last three months, as I've shared testimony, that I've, I've been um, given the money back that we had to pay out. It's been over £70,000 that we've had to pay out. We've had to borrow it, take out loans. But I know that the prayers of righteous people in this location have been praying for us, and as we've endured, that God has come through like he always does for us. And we've got that money back. And I love it. But it's people enduring. I know that people in this location have been faithfully praying for justice. Because we were insured and we didn't do anything wrong. Prayers endure. When you're praying, you're not just saying empty words. You're praying with the the Father that that so cares about you. That your words always go around in eternity in his heart. I believe that. Point number two. Prayers persist. Number one, prayers endure. Number two, prayers persist. Persist. A second characteristic we see is that a church that experienced the power of prayer is one that persists in prayer even after experience the mystery of unanswered prayer. Have you ever been there? You've been praying for something and it hasn't come through. You're thinking, what's happening? It feels like the will of God and it just doesn't happen. Well, I want to encourage you, keep persisting, keep praying. You see, Peter is arrested, and it's just like what happened to James. But the church persisted in praying. Keep knocking and the door will be opened. Never get bored of praying. Never get bored of saying prayers to God for breakthroughs in your life. Even if you're not always seeing it, keep praying and keep persisting. Because I believe that the door will be opened. I thought when we're going on this building adventure we would have a building like within a year. (laughs) I really did. And I was praying in faith that we would. But God has answered our prayers because we're going on the greatest adventure. And people are on board. People are part of it. Paul Lee raised over 1,100 pounds last week. And what that's done is grown people's faith. It's grown people's faith to step out and to recognize that actually I don't believe that. I believe that God, of course, he could get a briefcase and put it through our letterbox. And there's like 500,000 on it. And we go out and buy a warehouse. But there's not much fun in that, is it? Well, actually, that'd be pretty good, actually. It'd be a great story. But I believe that wouldn't do as much as the journey that we're on of everybody buying in, taking responsibility, praying bold prayers, stepping out of faith and saying, we will see it happen by persisting in our faith, persisting in our prayers. Never give up. Persist. Keep knocking and the door will be opened. Hallelujah. Oh, we're getting Joe. That's what you were doing at the beginning, wasn't it? Point number three, prayers question. A third characteristic is that a church that prays, that experiences the power of prayer, is one made up of ordinary, broken, and fragile people. Well, that should give you hope because that's who we are. Basically, thats it. not it, isn't it? We're what, 80% water? (laughs) Bit of brain in there? (laughs) A few bones? (laughs) Bits and pieces like that? Thanks, Jimmy, for your laughter there. I enjoyed that. (laughs) There we go. Over there, prayers question. In these verses, we see that this mighty church of prayer struggled to accept that their prayers have been answered. We see a group of ordinary people struggling to do faith. Are you there? There are no superheroes in the kingdom. God only uses ordinary people. Nothing else is available. (laughs) We are all fragile, flawed, and broken people. We are all in this spiritual cocktail of faith and doubts, confidence and fear, belief and unbelief. We see in Acts 12 a church that was full of flawed and fragile people who were a church that was seeing powerful things through prayer. Don't not pray because you're broken and fragile. That's where the gold is. That's part of your mending process, actually. But also, don't be, be, a, be a church that can ask the questions, that can say, Yeah, I'm not seeing breakthrough in this life. Can I pray with you? Can I talk about it? A church that prays questions. Point four prayers navigate. A fourth characteristic of a church that experiences the power of prayer is that it is willing to step out and embrace change. I always want to say to us, let's navigate. What's the Holy Spirit doing? What's the new wineskin? How can we navigate through this life? Because they were praying and Peter came, knocked at the door. He navigated his way back. He was knocking at the door. And they didn't know what was going on. But yet as they prayed together, things happened. I want us to be a church that prays, that navigates through the way. That looks for new experiences. That looks for new wineskins. That looks for fresh way of doing things. I want us to be a people who encourage, embrace, empower new ideas. You see, Peter tells them to be quiet, explains what has happened, and then we simply read, departed. You know the story, he just departed. Did you pick that up, Maria? We do not know where Peter went after he got released from prison. But the only time in the rest of the book of Acts he is mentioned is in Acts 15, three chapters later. This moment marks a time of transition and change. James the, brother, the Jesus, James the brother, the Jesus takes up the leadership of the Jerusalem church. The focus from Acts 13 moves on to Paul and his missionary journeys into the Gentile world. We see in 1 Peter 5, John Mark leaves Jerusalem and becomes part of Peter's missionary team. Suddenly, everything changes and the church transitions into the next chapter God has for them in him. Sometimes we don't know what's going on. We feel that we've departed, but our prayers are navigating us into the new season that God has called you to be. That's what we pray. We pray and God navigates and he opens new doors. A church that prays is always one that is willing to listen to the Holy Spirit and be prepared for change. Angela, why don't you come up and share your story about how prayer has impacted your life and how the Holy Spirit is speaking to you on that. Can we have a round of applause for Prayer Corner there, Majin, Angela Stewart? Ooh, can I just put these things down here? we
3: right. Okay. <clears throat> the Bible says. Um, sorry, I put it in here. This is the latest book I'm reading, by the way. If you don't feel you don't know much about prayer, there's loads of good books out there. This is a praying life. So, the Bible says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do you know there's so many people out there at the moment who don't know peace, you know, with all the Brexit uncertainty? Um, but we, we can. We can know that peace. If you want peace in your life and heart, that perfect peace, which we can't understand, um, we'll still be in those chaotic circumstances, but pray in those chaotic circumstances, and God will show you that peace. Um, we're totally dependent on God. And when you realize that, you become a prayer. Um, I've got some great examples of answered prayer, many, many over the um, five, nearly six years that we've been here. But I just want to highlight a few. I want to start with Elaine. Elaine, will you come and join me? Yeah. Now, recently, it was earlier this year, um, Elaine was diagnosed with um, a cancer of the blood.
4: Yeah. And um, so what did you do, Elaine.
3: <laughs> well, you heard
4: that diagnosis. Yeah. Um, it's strange because actually when the doctor told me, it was almost like I wasn't surprised. And I don't know why that wasn't. He he sort of, when he gave me the news, he said, this is the information that peop- nobody wants to hear. And he said, you've got a lymphoma. And I went, oh, right, okay. So what happens now? And so it, it was just a... Str- and that piece that you talk about is what I experienced. I didn't panic. I didn't feel... Fear in that sort of way. I was a bit apprehensive, not knowing what was going to happen. But it wasn't a fear. It was just a trust that the Lord was was there, that He was going to be there in it with me. And uh, it's difficult to explain. You can't explain it um, because it defies explanation. Because human nature is such that that's not the way we normally react to bad news. Normally, it's oh, what's going to happen. But I just felt that. That peace of knowing that whichever way it went, and I didn't know which way it was going to go, God was in control. Having been through it once with my husband, who, and I prayed, <laughs> believe me, I prayed and cried out. And it went the other way. God said, no, I want him now. And he he took him. So I'd been through that side of it as well. So I think it's important to emphasize that it's, it's great you can praise God when he answers prayers the way you want him to. But it's also good to to praise him when it goes the way he's de- designated. So we have to acknowledge that not all prayers are answered. And we know in this family that we have prayed for people. Andrew is one, and there are other people um, that we've prayed for. And God said, no, actually, I want them now. I want to take them to me now. And we have to accept that God is God, and he can do what he chooses to do. So that's... What I did you? First. but
3: You prayed, I prayed, <laughs> and, <laughs> and we prayed as a church for Elaine. And what was the outcome, Elaine?
4: The outcome was I still had to go through the treatment, um, but I think God was in that. Well, I know He was in that as well. That was His way of getting one of us into a cancer ward, because how else is He going to get people in? Yes, He's got He's got His chaplains that go in, but they're not in all the time. But actually, if you're in a room with somebody and I had great opportunities to share with people and the the part the 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 people who come in, the chaplains are are great because actually they open up conversations because they come in to see you. And when they come in to see you, when they've gone, the person in the bed next to you saying, oh, that was interesting. You say, yeah, do you want to know a bit more about this? And you get the opportunity to share with them. So. That was good. And the staff as well. So it, he gave me that opportunity to share. And that's what I prayed, actually, that he would use that treatment to use me, wherever he put me, um, to speak to people. That he would give me that opportunity to share my faith from the word be- very beginning. And when, actually, I went and saw the um, lymphoma doctor, the hematology guy, from the word go, he, he told me what it was going to be. They were going to have to hit it hard and it was going to be quite an ordeal to go through. I said, that's fine because I've got a faith in God and I trust in God. Whichever way it goes, and I don't know which way it's going to go, I trust that it's God's will to be done. So he said, that's good because actually more people of faith come through the other end than don't. So he said, that's a good thing. So basically, you've got that on your side as well. That you know, He knew, he recognized that people of faith deal with it better and actually come through. So, you know, you just have to, yeah, so it's just opportunities to share. Brilliant,
3: brilliant. We want to honour Elaine. <laughs> you know, what a great great role model. You get a diagnosis of um, cancer and you think, wow, this is an opportunity. <laughs> well done, <laughs> Elaine, that's brilliant. And um, another story. Um, we, um, some of you will have heard this story, but some of you won't. Um, there was a, a man of God who um, was on his way to Lincoln, actually. Um, and as he was coming through the Highcombe area, um, he felt that there was a spirit of pride in this area. Um, and, and he saw this sign, you know, what's now Farm, but it used to be the pride of Lincoln. And, and he felt this spirit of pride needed getting rid of it. Was, it was stopping um, people of God developing in the way God wanted them. And so, there was a group of us began to pray around um, the pride of Lincoln. Um, after many, many months, um, the name was changed. Um, and we believe that that is a sign of the spiritual atmosphere changing in this area. Praise God. And finally, just um, it only struck me this week, actually, that God is answering a prayer for me that I prayed After the 2018 One event, um, I felt uh, that Ray and I, actually both of us, needed to have our roots deeper into Jesus. And so that's what I prayed. And actually, I brought a plaque from the One event. It says, Rooted in Christ. Um, And then this week, as I'm learning on the academy so much more um, about what God wants for me and what he's got there for me. And I suddenly realized, yeah, wow, thank you, God, you're answering that prayer that I prayed last year. And that's how he works. (laughs) Thanks, Angela.
1: You're amazing. Love the testimony of what God is doing in your life. Okay, we're going to land this plane. Point number five and finally, prayers trust. A final characteristic of a church that experiences the power of prayer is it knows where the real power lies. Prayers are powerful weapons, not by might or by power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. I want to encourage you, be direct in your prayer life. Don't be wishy-washy. Pray exactly what you need because God already knows. Pray, be direct. The great Herod, who wanted to destroy Christianity, one day dies, and then we read in verse 24 of the passage we've read, but the Word of God increased and multiplied. Luke wants to know where the real power is. In the midst of the killing, the fear, the persecution, the hatred, the threats, and the injustice, Where God. Our God is greater, our God is stronger, and our God is the Redeemer. So let's land this place, uh, this plane today. Imagine what our communities would look like if we really cried out to go for him, to move in power. That the church, but the church prayed. Be direct. So three practical points that you can take away from this. So we're looking at corporate prayer. Number one, practical application. Get on the prayer chain. Every day, mine and Angela's alarms go off at 12.05 because we pray for Acts 12.5, but the church prayed. I want to say to you, get on the prayer chain, sign up with Angela. You can do it at the Connect desk after here, and she will update you with prayer needs for our location here and our community. Also, I'd like to encourage you to set an alarm on your phone, 12.05 every day, but the church prayed. And pray for a miracle that God continues to move. Pray for our building. Pray for first-time decisions, salvations. Secondly, I want to encourage you, an application is, but the church prayed. They were praying together. Once a month, we hold Revive prayer gatherings, where normally we fast in the day, and we have a great time fasting. We break the fast with a chip butty or pizza or something, and it's our one opportunity to gather together as a church that prayed. This Thursday is Revive. 7.30 7.30 at the Methodist, we have um, some worship and we give some basic outlines of the church praying. We give some headlines on what we need to be praying for as a church. I want encourage, to encourage us to all get in, buy in for that once a month. Asking, I'm asking here, could we have a time where we gather 200 people to prayer? Wouldn't that be exciting, the dynamic of us all praying together? And lastly, make prayer a priority. God has opened his arms up for you. And what's that? He wants to connect with you about everything. Pray in the spirit at all times. My heart, our desire here is to be a church that prayed. When the church prayed, the prison doors were open and miracles happened. I believe we need to up our game as people and we need to be praying for more amazing miracles be happening in this place. And all God's people said, Amen.
2: Great. Let's thank Dan. Thank you, Dan. It's always good to be inspired to pray. That's brilliant. Thank you, Angela, as well for those stories. Yeah, and I'd encourage you, set your alarms, 1205, and pray. Let's tune into what God's saying to the church. So thank you, Dan. Great message this morning. Um, 6.30 for 7 o'clock start. We'll be meeting at...